Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, whenever Bryce Sable comes on the Paracast, I go looking at his credits because they're fascinating. Where he got started, the shows he worked on, because I'm a big superhero nut. Some people say I'm a nut, but, you know, I'm going to ask him something about some of those affiliations in a moment. Of course, last week we had the one, the only, the inimitable Nick Redfern. That was fascinating as always, Randall, right? Nick is always a lot of fun. I mean, like I was saying to Nick on the show, I could eat his books up just like candy. They're just awesome. It's not something that you have to put a whole huge amount of mental effort into. You can just really enjoy them or they can make you think. Yeah. Nick is always a great guest to have on. Bryce, have you read some of Nick's books? Oh, yeah. Uh, Listen, I I think Nick Redfern (laughs) writes some challenging stuff. And uh, my biggest question about the man is, how does he find the time to write so much? He seems to be incredibly prolific. Did did he give you any hint about how he does all that? He turned it into a nine to five job. He works five days a week, nine to five, sometimes takes a day off, and he writes. And that's the way he does it. Boy, it sure works. I mean, they're well-written books. They're good. They're entertaining, as you said, but they're also jam-packed full of uh, research and analysis. So it's 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 a good read. I can't remember the name of the one I I read most recently, but it's the one talking about all the insiders in uh, halls of power in Washington D.C. and and how how they look at this whole UFO situation. It was pretty chilling. This was the Collins elite, and they believe yeah. UFOs are demonic. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about that. <laughs> Synchronicity. You know, I think what's really interesting about that is wh- whether it's true or not, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I will say it's interesting just to consider that they do. And if they do think that way, whether UFOs are demonic or not, if there's people in positions of authority and power who think they are, that, uh, that tells you a lot as well. One of my wife's uncles was one of these Jews for Jesus gentlemen, and they believed that UFOs were demonic. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, You're talking about shows that I'd worked on. I worked on a show called Mantis back in the day on Fox. This is the one I wanted to talk to you about because, you know, Carl Umbley, of course, was the star. And most recently, he's played the Martian Manhunter's father. Yes after playing the Martian Manhunter in the cartoons. But that show was a pioneer show, and only in the last few years do we see something similar, a show where African Americans are the heroes. Not only the hero, uh, just uh, for your listeners, Mantis, which was spelled with periods, I I inherited the show to to run the show and nobody had ever come up with they had shot a pilot but they wanted me to run the series and nobody had ever come up with why there were periods after m-a-n-t-i-s so one of my first jobs was to come up with what that meant and i came up with mechanically augmented neurotransmitter interactive system and it stuck (laughs) carl lumley plays uh, a guy named Miles Hawkins, who is a, a scientist, but he's paralyzed from the waist down. So he's in a, in a wheelchair and he spends his time and fortune trying to create an exoskeleton for himself so that he can walk again. And he does create the exoskeleton 
but it's such a weird looking thing that when he's out there trying it out, when he first creates it, people think he's like, a, they respond to him like he's a superhero. So he sort of becomes their wish fulfillment. And and Carl Lumley was terrific in it. I uh, really enjoyed working with him. And I'm very proud of that show because it was, as you said, the first time on primetime television where there was a show dedicated to an African-American superhero. It's even more than that. He had two other distinctions between, besides being the superhero. He was uh, the boss, so he was in charge of everybody else. So the black man in that show was in charge. And secondly, he was also the smartest guy in any room that he was in. So I think it made some real contributions in that regard. And to this day, I still have uh, guys who were you know, young men, teenagers who watch that show, who feel like it gave them some role modeling for themselves. So to that, I'm very, I'm, I'm encouraged and grateful. Of course, today we have Black Lightning. Yes. Sure. A TV show. Yeah, there's, it's not a big deal right now, but in 1994, when I think uh, we went on the air, it was a big deal. Just to finish what I was going to say about Nick Redford. So on that show, Mantis, uh, I became friends with a man named Coleman Luck, who was uh, also a writer-producer on the show. And we became very good friends, mostly bonding over UFOs. And I found that next to myself, he was the guy who knew the most about the topic that I'd ever run into. And so we we had a great time talking about what we knew, and I found him to be incredibly knowledgeable. But what I realized was that he thought, and, and still does, that the explanation for UFOs is not alien, but is, is a religious situation and they're and they were demonic and and are demonic in his his mind and what i learned over the years and richard dolan and i wrote about this in our book ad after disclosure is that there are many many evangelical christians out there who know more about ufos in detail than many of the people who have no religious affiliation on it. They're just very knowledgeable about it, but they have a very different interpretation of what it's all about than, say, you or I might have. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up AD After Disclosure, which uh, you wrote in conjunction with uh, Richard M. Dolan. And could you expand on that a little more? Are you saying that after disclosure, what we could end up with is sort of a religious uprising? In well, opposition to demons? <laughs> I think it's complicated. The whole religious thing is complicated. Uh, when Richard and I were, were writing AD, and by the way, this is the 10th anniversary of AD coming out. Um, I look forward, to, actually, Dolan and I should come on your show and talk about what we got right and what we got wrong at some point. But what I thought was really uh, interesting about the religion chapter is that there are many different religions, uh, obviously, and each one of them uh, looks at things slightly differently uh, when it comes to uh, other life out there. Uh, like, for example, it, it looks like the Catholic Church is kind of leading the way. They seem like they're prepared for this news and will be able to to handle it. But what I think we came to believe is not so much about what whether the evangelicals are right or wrong about what what ultimately is going on, because the truth is there may be some managers of this secret out there who have really informed ideas about that, but most of us are trying to look at the truth through frosted glass, and it's it's kind of un, unclear. So I, I can't really state whether I 
think that's a legitimate interpretation or not. What I do think, Richard, and I sort of came to the conclusion is people routinely have said that the reason that we have to keep uh, this this great secret still a secret is because people will freak out. And particularly, they say that religions will freak out. And we did not find that. Uh, we found several studies that of, of religious people who acted like they could accept this uh, UAP, UFO reality. And uh, they didn't seem bothered by it because uh, several of the people that we talked to, so there were some studies and there were the anecdotal things where we talked to a number of people. And some of the people we talked to made it very clear. They said, look, I believe uh, in God. I believe in God as in, in the in the largest sense of the word, but that doesn't mean that God isn't God to other sentient beings out there. Uh, the, God may be God to humans and of a thriving populated universe. And if we learn that there are aliens out there, it's not going to shatter or shake my faith. So I sort of come down on, there will be a lot of huge disruption after disclosure of UAP reality, and there will be some disruption in the religious community, but that's probably not the largest disruption. The largest disruption will, of course, be political. We'll go into more of this AD after yeah, disclosure. Yeah. 10,000 other subjects. Bryce Zabel is with us. And before we get back to AD after disclosure in our next segment, I'm going to ask him about one other superhero show with which he was connected. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the, the Paracast. Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 
Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Bryce Sable, yes. your credits say you also did something with Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman? Well, I did. I was a supervising producer of the series in its first season. Uh, I was uh, very lucky to have worked with uh, the creator of the show, Deborah Joy Levine, on a, a ABC series called Equal Justice the, a year or two before. And so we had become friends. She got the assignment from Warner Brothers to write a pilot about uh, Lois and Clark. And that was the spin, of course, that um, Lois and Clark, instead of uh, Superman being the the identity it was clark who was the real person and superman was the secret identity because if you read a lot of the comic books and that over the years it almost felt like superman was the real guy and clark kent was who the secret identity was to prevent people from knowing about superman so over the years that's been twisted upside down but it wasn't a done deal when we were working on lois and clark and i have to tell you i was a big superman fan growing up although i was a marvel comics guy you know in my heart of hearts and and certainly and another something else we might want to talk about later is i did know stan lee quite well but working on the dc characters superman was 
was terrific because that's the first character most kids uh, sort of embraced. And and so I knew a lot about Superman, and it was a thrill to be on the show and also to be given some license to try to write about him in different ways than we had seen him before. So in addition to the secret identity reversal, one of the things that I was very happy to do was I wrote the first episode of the series after the pilot was shot. It was called Strange Visitor from Another Planet. The essence of that series, uh, of that episode, rather, was that Superman literally was an alien, and people had never treated him like that before. Uh, so we we treated him like, what would he feel like? He's on this Earth. He does look and like a human and walk among us, but he's not a human. He's from Krypton. So he would be alienated, if you'll pardon the the pun. And so we were able to to make a lot of that, and I really enjoyed telling his story and his origin story in the series uh, from that point of view. I actually gave him my birthday, which was kind of fun as well. The other thing I got to do on that series was kind of reinterpret how kryptonite worked on Superman. So it was just great. It was uh, at the very beginning, it was just me and Deborah Joy and and her brother, Dan, who was a writer on the show, locked in a trailer on the Warner Brothers lot for like months on end, kicking this stuff around. I feel very blessed that I got a chance to do that. What's interesting right now to me is that if you look back on Lois and Clark, it's not the most recent Superman series on TV, even let alone on film. I mean, there's been so many iterations of this character uh, since, but at the time it felt very fresh and and very uh, wonderful to be a part of. And of course the actors were terrific. So it was great. Now, I, I think from what you're telling me, it influenced a lot of the later stuff. Like for example, the Henry Cavill version of Superman and Man of Steel. And then of course, Batman v Superman, he is an alien on earth. Correct. And that's the way he is treated. A mysterious visitor coming here, but in the sense much different than what we had in the old Superman canon, where Lois Lane, Amy Adams, is there at the beginning, seeing him become what he became. Well, first of all, there's been so many comic books written. They've tried every version of Superman known to man, of course, and he has changed and been reinterpreted. And when they want to try something wild, they called it an imaginary story and that kind of thing. And they had alternate universes, you name it. So there's been a lot of interpretations. So I can't say, uh, because I haven't read all those many thousands of comic books, I can't say that we were the first doing anything. But we did feel like we were, you know, uh, creating our, our new take. Uh, it was interesting, though, because we were given a lot of creative license in how to look at the characters. But one thing we wanted to do is sort of swap out the red on Superman because he had those red underpants, basically, in those days. We wanted to swap the red out for black. And boy, did that send DC Comics into a tizzy. We could have changed his name from Clark Kent to Herman Melville, and they wouldn't have cared about that. But they did care about swapping out the red underpants. That was a big deal. So we didn't do that. You know, there's a new Superman series coming out this coming year, Superman and Lois. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, listen, God bless them. I'll probably watch at least at the beginning. I've certainly enjoyed seeing Superman, uh, the iteration from Supergirl. I've enjoyed Henry Cavill. Um, It's all good. I do think, though, Superman and Lois is a less out-of-the-box interesting take than Lois and Clark was, because Lois and Clark literally represented a new way to look at the character. I'm not certain yet. I don't know. Maybe you do. 
what is the reverse or the take on Superman and Lois? Do you know? In some senses, I think it almost follows from the way Lois and Clark ended. Remember, they the last episode, they see this baby on their doorstep, but you never had another season. So we never saw how that story would lead. So now in Superman and Lois, they have two teenage boys. Mm. So in okay. a sense, it kind of sort of follows that. And well, I think it kind of sort of does, except at the same time, who is the real character? Clark, answer, Clark is the real Clark. character. Clark is the guy. Well, it's Kal-El, if you really want to get sure. deep into it. Kal-El is, is who he is coming from Krypton. But once he gets to Earth, he he doesn't show up on Earth and everyone calls him Superman. They call him Clark Kent. And he grows up as Clark Kent. And Superman is the secret identity that allows him to do these super powered good deeds. So by calling it Superman and Lois, I, you know, I guess what they're going to have to say is in that universe, Superman is a public figure, publicly married to Lois, maybe with two kids. I don't I don't know. I, I but guess you know we'll what? find it's out. A, but there was a. There's been a lot of versions of Hamlet. There's certainly okay to be a lot of versions of Superman. We can do it. Yeah, it's just fun or strange to have one version in the movies, another version on TV. But even just as interesting, they had this crisis on infinite earths based on the comic book where all the multiverse becomes one. And you see two flashes in there. You see Ezra Klein, the guy who played in the movies for a brief period. Of course, Grant Gustin, who plays him on TV. In Which one was scene, fantastic. like for about a minute. Yeah, that was great. And and I, I liked it. And as the fanboy in me thinks that's terrific. Um, I'm not sure that it's, it's I, I obviously DC Comics is a very um, strict interpreter of their canon and how they want to interpret it and present it to people. So if they think they can have uh, a TV version of Superman and a film version of Superman out at the same time, you know, that's their call to make. What was interesting about doing Lois and Clark in 1993 is when we started, is it wasn't that way. Uh, There wasn't another Superman. The last Superman that anybody had ever seen captured on film uh, in 1993 had been the the uh, 70s versions of the Superman films with Christopher Reeves, uh, Christopher Reeve, rather. Um, And so we were kind of... We were sort of at the beginning of something, whereas right now there's a lot of different Superman. I mean, man, if you just make up a, a a little list of all the people who have played Superman, it's about eight or nine people now. We'll continue this and go back to disclosure. Our next segment with Bryce, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. 
This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with John Hunt. President Donald Trump responded to Attorney General William Barr's comments that the president's tweets about the Justice Department cases make it tough to do his job. I cannot do my job here at the department uh, with a constant background commentary that, that undercuts me. Barr also said he won't be bullied by anyone, whether that someone be Congress, editorial boards, or the president. The president's response, written on Twitter, indicates that he is not deterred by Barr's comments. The remarks come just as he and the Justice Department are under intense scrutiny for nixing a sentencing recommendation by prosecutors who said former Trump advisor Roger Stone should serve between seven and nine years in prison. All four prosecutors on the case have resigned. The president had expressed his displeasure with the initial Stone recommendation, which he declared a miscarriage of justice. This is USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800 610 Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. (laughs) Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I got to tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have like cold toes in the winter time and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Overs. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. We'll continue with Superman for just a moment, but Crisis on Infinite Earths had basically two versions of Superman. 
Brandon Ruth, who played him in the 2006 Superman Returns as an older Superman. And then, of course, we had Tyler as the, the young Superman. Well, that's fascinating. But again, but you also have the Henry Cavill version. So now you have really three Supermans. And you could say, yeah, but Henry Cavill doesn't count because he's the feature Superman. But on the other hand, they did have the feature Flash meeting the television Flash. But you know what? Who cares? Uh, There's alternate universes out there by the trillions. And so anything that your mind can imagine uh, is acceptable to to write about. And again, as the fanboy, who doesn't want to see a couple of Supermans in the same scene? Who doesn't want to see a couple of Flashes or Wonder Womans? It's fantastic. I'm glad they did it. I enjoyed the shows. Okay, we're going to move on now back. Back to ADF Disclosure. And it's important to talk about the fact that these days, based on those New York Times stories co-written by Leslie Kane, that UFOs are more respectable. In the 2016 campaign, we see Hillary Clinton admitting on national TV that she's interested in the subject and wants to get down to what's going on and references their UAPs because of John Podesta's contribution. What surprised me about Hillary Clinton, though, is I thought Donald Trump would be saying something about what a nut crazy Hillary was. And I don't recall him saying anything about the UFO subject. I don't think he did. I guess that it, that there is some logic in that. Uh, he's, he's not shy about attacking people for anything he sees as a vulnerability. So for when he doesn't attack them, uh, he either doesn't see it as a vulnerability or there's another reason. Clearly, I think he could have attacked her on that issue because enough people uh, probably see it as a vulnerability. On the other hand, most Americans believe there's some reality to this thing. So maybe it's just something nobody wanted to get into. Certainly uh, in the most recent past uh, year or so, uh, George Stephanopoulos from ABC just asked Trump about it in the Oval Office of all places. And uh, Trump kind of didn't really uh, embrace it. So for a guy as loquacious as he is about and willing to talk about anything, uh, it was his dismissal of it was oddly interesting to me. And I have actually been following up on what the various candidates um, think about the the UFO situation. But first, I got to give you a headline. I think it's pretty funny. And I I, I don't know what it means, but it's it's interesting. Uh, I have a Twitter page called Life After Disclosure, and it's uh, you can find it on Twitter at Hollywood UFOs. So it's Life After Disclosure at Hollywood UFOs. And I've just been using it to sort of extend my analysis of the whole disclosure issue and so forth. And I've followed what candidates have said about disclosure, and I've advocated uh, that there should be uh, transparency on the issue and that uh, there should be congressional hearings. And those hearings should have the ability to call witnesses and to issue subpoenas and to grant immunity to witnesses for their testimony. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And we can talk about that more if if you choose. But what's interesting to me is I just had my advertising privileges taken away by Twitter because they feel that what I just described to you is too political and cannot be tolerated on Twitter. So I've been bounced out of the Twitter advertising universe simply 
because I advocate openness and transparency on UFOs. I I haven't uh, endorsed a candidate or anything of this sort. I've simply tried to be informational uh, about what candidates believe. But Twitter says I'm too political. So, um, so I hope people will check it out because I can't advertise anymore. Did they tell you specifically it's because of your take on UFOs? Well, they, they sent, well, my at Hollywood UFOs is specifically and only dedicated to, uh, commenting and news and opinion about UFO and UAP culture. Right. So, okay. so they, and that's they what they were they, on about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't have. It's not like I'm commenting on the Emmys or the Oscars or anything on that. I have another uh, Twitter page that I do that with. This one is all it's all in on UFOs. So when they rejected my ads, first they rejected a specific ad and then they generalized it to throw me out of uh, the ability to even place an ad on Twitter. Kind of interesting. I now I say, go check out my my content because it's obviously worth suppressing <laughs> I, I, I just, they've got they've strange. got some guerrilla skeptic skeptics in their advertising department. well i mean that's let, what they've got maybe they well first just they like might. on wikipedia they, they, they do they, the same thing there that's very true i mean the only th- you know i try not to uh, see paranoia any more than is necessary and i think there isn't the other uh, option is simply that facebook has uh, embraced uh, some kind of advertising with monitoring for political ads. And I believe Twitter is just saying we don't do political ads. So they interpreted my advocacy of openness um, as a political statement uh, that could not be tolerated. Right. right. And what's interesting is, you know, that uh, it's, you know, a 25 year old, uh, you know, working in a, a station somewhere in Twitter land who made that decision. But for me to appeal, it would, be way more trouble than it's worth. So I just continue to put out my content and I hope people find it. But, but I thought it was interesting because these days uh, we all are trying, uh, well, partly because I believe uh, that we may have to do this disclosure thing old school. And when I say that, I I simply mean uh, we may have to embrace some of the tactics and strategies that went with the civil rights movement and went with the anti-Vietnam War movement. We may have to embrace some of that uh, as we move forward in order to get full and complete and meaningful, maybe not complete, but full and meaningful UAP disclosure. Well, now we're getting political for sure. I mean, okay, I could see how they could see it as some sort of a pro ufology lobby, right? Type, uh, yeah, yeah, I that's, that's what they thought. You know, it's uh-huh. it's not like I'm running for president. I mean, I'm not tr- trooping around New Hampshire, uh, you know, shaking hands and campaigning for UFO transparency. I'm a, just a guy with a Twitter feed. So I, I think we are entering weird times, and uh, and and and. And certainly that may be one of the uh, the ways that uh, disclosure can move forward in that we live in an unbalanced and disturbed time. I mean, part of my thinking right now is uh, the 19 or rather the 2020s are the new 1960s. Uh, with uh, aliens and climate change thrown into the equation. And so I expect this to be a bumpy ride over the next decade. Um, 
and I, I don't see any reason to change that opinion. It's, it, it's uh, as General Buck Turgidson says in um, Dr. Strangelove about nuclear war, I think you could apply it here. He says, I'm not saying we're not going to get our hair must. And <laughs> I think we're going to get our hair must pretty good in the next 10 years. Well, you know what? For a long time, I didn't believe we'd ever see disclosure. I thought it was just a pipe dream. And right. there were other factors interfering. And then, of course, we see what's going on now, where there's more of a gradual acceptance of this, but we're so overwhelmed by all the political byplay that's going on. And now, of course, we've got the virus from China. We got all this stuff going on that we really can't stop and focus on UFOs. Then again, things can happen in plain sight, and we wouldn't notice because they'd never make the news cycle because they're already busy with doing the next thing. I don't know if that means anything or not, but we'll explore in our next segment. Bryce Zabel, co-author of AD After Disclosure, gentleman with many, 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 did I say many, television credits. I wanted to talk, by the way, about more about the Superman and the, his friendship with Stan Lee, but maybe we'll get a chance on another show. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Mortgage rates have dropped 25%, the lowest mortgage rates in years. So maybe you should drop everything and call Zoom Refi. Refinance your home now and slash your mortgage payments. Take cash out and save maybe hundreds of dollars every month. Zoom Refi mortgage rates are super low. Zoom Refi closing costs are super low. And Zoom, we approve you right over the phone, even for no income check loans. Big drop in mortgage rates. Big opportunity for you to save money. Call Zoom Refi today. 888-291-9729. 888-291-9729. Save on mortgage payments. Save on closing costs. Call Zoom Refi. 888-291-9729. Advertising by marketing entity Zoom Refi. Zoom Refi is not a bank or financial company. Calls and other inquiries may be forwarded to third-party lenders who are solely responsible for reviewing, approving, and servicing any loan. Zoom Refi is not affiliated with any state or federal agency and does not provide mortgage advice or help. No income check loans are for investment properties only, and income must be sufficient to service debt. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I'll just say this about Stan Lee. I talked to him on the phone once in the 1960s. He was then a regular guy, but that's another universe. He, he became an icon. Can I tell you a little bit about Stan and my uh, thoughts? Sure. Or do we have time? I, or, well, yeah. we got lots of time still, but but I, one thing I want to know, if you can include it yeah. in there, is is whose idea was it to put those cameos in the films with him in them? Oh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Stan's idea. <laughs> I mean, he was an affable but relentless self-promoter for good cause. I mean, Ed, we all love Stan, and he wasn't shy, so he might have uh, asked for that. But I tend to think there was so much love for this man out there uh, in the in the comic book and the film community that people just thought it would be fun to see him in there. And 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 it certainly worked. Everybody loves to see those cameos, and he was terrific. And 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 he missed now that we're not going to have those anymore so yeah it's a tragedy but we had him and that was good thank goodness that not going to cgi him like they've done with carrie fisher in star wars 
Well, they probably could. Uh, he <laughs> did enough interviews over the years, but, but you know, we're rapidly getting to the place in, in uh, where we can literally, uh, we'll probably have movies that can cast Clark Gable in them playing with, uh, you know, one of today's main characters because it, it, we just have that technology to, to input people. Just a quick stand thing, because I think it's apropos to the comic book that we talked about, Mantis and Lois and Clark and their adaptations. I got to know Stan uh, in, uh, I think it was like uh, 97, I was hired to write a pilot by NBC about an idea that Stan and I had been working on called uh, Missing Link. And uh, it was a really terrific script. I really liked it. Uh, but uh, the Marvel comic movies weren't out at that point. And, and I think NBC was a little scared of doing a comic book thing. They didn't send it forward. But Stan and I became friends. And when he launched his Stanley Media in uh, 2000, 1999 and 2000, he brought me in as his sort of chief creative guy. Now, the company had some famously terrible end times. Uh, I was not part of the financial or any of that part, just the creative. And what I loved about getting to know Stan is that no matter what it was, he would always have one question that he needed answered before he could sign off on anything. It was the Stan question. And the, the question was, who do they fight? That was it. Who do they fight? And I thought about it, and I realized that what that was just his way of saying what uh, so many screenwriting professors might say. Well, where's your conflict, right? Who's conflicting with who about what? Well, who do they fight? So I sort of internalized that. It's helped my writing, frankly, a lot. Quite often, I'll write. I'll be writing a script. Uh, my wife uh, Jackie will read the draft, and she'll say, "Well, what would Stan say about who do they fight?" And we would discuss it from that point of view. But one of the great things is uh, after. Uh, uh, Stanley Media imploded. Stan and I kept trying to um, find other things that we could do. And we had about a two-year period where we met for lunch about once a month uh, at uh, the Friars Club which is no longer, I think, a thing here in L.A., but it's where Stan had a membership. And they all knew him there, and we would go and have lunch, and we'd have a screwdriver and order lunch and uh, talk about things. And uh, and it was just a terrific thing. It's sort of like Tuesdays with uh, Maury or whatever that book was. These were my lunches with Stan, and I just have such great affection for the, the man. He's changed uh, our world uh, and, and how we look at things. So I miss him. And uh, I, I hope he's doing well in one of those alternate universes where he's a young man and, and doing his thing still. Stanley, by the way, do you remember Otto Bender? Otto Bender. I, I think I do, but I don't know why. Okay. Why do I know? He, he wrote continuity for the character Captain Marvel before he became Shazam. And he created Supergirl in 1959. But he oh. also wrote books about UFOs. And work with oh, Ray Palmer. Well, yeah. So we have this guy who's into comics, sci-fi, and UFOs. That's the combination that was fascinating. Otto Bender. He sa that sounds like uh, a guy shows up in a black suit with a black hat and asks to meet you, at, you, you know, at your house, and he gives you a card that calls himself Otto Bender. That's that's what I see when I think of that name. Back to disclosure. All this. As I said, it could happen in plain sight, but with all the crazy, wacky things going on in the political world, who would even notice? This might be a perfect time for disclosure. I, I, 
maybe. Uh, I think uh, disclosure whenever it happens. You can't be a little bit disclosed any more than you can be a little bit pregnant. I mean, the minute you disclose something, it kind of leads to the avalanche of the rest of it. And it's going to be disruptive you know, no matter what you do. You know, I told you I've been talking a lot on my uh, Twitter feed about uh, the the candidates and what they believe about it. Here's a good example. Uh, Amy Klobuchar is, of course, now in the news because of her strong performance in New Hampshire. When she was asked about UFOs, uh, one of the things that she said uh, was that these early documents uh, she would see that they were declassified, or at least she thought she would do that. And here's the thing. Let's say that you declassify a lot of documents on the theory that they're old, we might as well disclose them. And so you just you declassify documents from the 40s and the 50s even, just that. Well, you're going to get a ton of documents that take UFOs extraordinarily seriously, say they're not U.S., they're not Soviet, and they're probably extraterrestrial. Disclosure doesn't stop when you do that. If you declassify those documents, you're in the full boat. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on and on. So I don't know. Uh, we do live in turbulent times, and that's why I say the, the 20s are the new 60s. And I, I'm not sure that Trump being president is a good thing for disclosure because uh, it will, it'll, it's already going to be crazy and he won't make it any better. So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, the, 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 the other Democrats, by the way, just a quick, quick review. Bernie Sanders seems to be completely uninterested in talking about it, but he does cop to the fact that his wife is very, very, very interested in UFOs and wants him to win the presidency and and get into that and tell her what he knows or what he finds out. So that's that's interesting. And uh, Pete Buttigieg, of course, was a guy that worked in naval intelligence. So think about that. Uh, he's very aware of these Navy videos that have been released. Uh, he's aware of the Tic Tac issue and all of that stuff. But he is a naval intelligence guy, which either means that he would feel comfortable saying to military channels, let's get this story out there and we can handle it. Or people who felt that it should be continued in this uh, sort of secret uh, management of the of a cover-up situation might be able to lean on him and say you're naval intel we're naval intelligence mr president we don't want to do this right now and here's why and he might go along with it the whole disclosure thing from a political point of view is unclear uh, but i do know that it's going to be crazy when it happens that that i know Michael Bloomberg, I wonder what he thinks about it. He doesn't think anything yet. I've tried to find out because I want to follow up on that because he's gaining in attention. And I personally think it's time for people to start going to these town halls and asking moderators of debates to start asking about UAP reality. What could be a, a bigger national security issue? My God, things are able to fly around in in our uh, supposedly secure airspace, and they can run circles around our things. So why is that not being discussed? So I kind of think it would be a terrific thing if in 2020, during this campaign, this uh, you know the way to get the foot in the door of this thing, or the horse in the barn, or whatever whatever metaphor you want, is to start. Don't ask about abductions and don't talk about new agey stuff or any of that stuff. Stick to UAP reality and nuclear weapons 
as they've been approached by UFOs and sometimes shut down. Those are national security issues. They have a valid reason to be asked about in a, in a town hall, and they have a valid reason to be asked about it in a debate. And I hope that people will take that to heart and kind of infuse that into the campaign, because then it will give uh, the next president a chance to sort of review things uh, and, and with an eye toward uh, letting us more of us in on what what is known and what is not known. Would be fascinating here if you could get the ear of one of the people who will be hosting those debates, because that would be so important. But well, I was a little upset when George Stephanopoulos hosted the ABC debate just a week ago, because Stephanopoulos is the guy that not only asked uh, Trump about it, uh, but remember, um, uh, other candidates have been asked about it. Uh, but but he literally stood in the Oval Office and asked Donald Trump about UAP. Let's stop it right there and we'll continue on the other side with Gene Randall. Bryce, you're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called Instantly ageless. Yeah. Instantly, you could see a difference. Even the cameraman were like, wow, look at the difference. Yeah. I mean, but I would definitely use this product. This product, within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, George Stephanopoulos in the White House asking about UFOs. Also, also, 
the former press spokesperson, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she was there when someone asked during a press conference, one of the rare press briefings about UAPs, and she said she would talk to the president or something like that, brushed it off, and that's all you heard, because there's never a follow-up question about anything. No, and that's not the format. I mean, obviously, uh, the Trump White House is has not made any records for being forthcoming in a in a news conference kind of situation. So I, I don't look for that to be uh, the the way that it, this is going to go down. But there is room to start talking about the idea and. Given those Navy videos and and some of the other things that are being talked about right now, I think we are entering a period where we are going to crack the the door open enough for some light to come in on the subject of not only UAP hassling some of our uh, own military. Uh, that's clearly a compelling and dynamic story that is not done and that is growing in its reporting. So there's that. And, uh, you know, just the, the general idea that once you accept that there is a reality to UAP, then you have to ask yourself, well, whose are they? So sometimes people will make the argument today. They'll say, well, you know, we've got such incredible stuff. There are probably ours. And the, the people who are flying these things don't tell the Navy they've got them. And that would be a fair argument if things hadn't started in the late 1940s after World War II. I think everybody can agree that that kind of super technology, uh, which we think we it's possible that maybe the U.S. has some of it right now, we know we didn't have it after World War II. We know that wasn't true. We know the Soviets didn't have it. The Germans didn't have it. We didn't have it. Nobody had the stuff that can perform like these uh, Tic Tacs have performed in the Navy videos. So to me, that's that pretty well states that there's a reality to UAP that is not American. It's not Russian. It's not Chinese. It's something else. And uh, let's let's just hope we could keep it bottled up for a while longer. But what's the point in that? Right now, we have a situation where a small group of people uh, throughout the world have taken it upon themselves to study, analyze, and manage the uh, UFO secret. They've outlived their usefulness, I believe, as the only people who get a bite of this apple. I think it's time to realize that all of us together are smarter than any one of us, and it's time to throw the doors open, let the light shine in, and let us all start talking about this together. Again, it'll be messy, but it will lead to more truth. Well, we'd like to hope so. We had Gary Voorhees on not too long ago. And he was, of course, one of the fire controlmen on one of the Navy ships during that whole Tic Tac incident. And we got talking about the possibility that what this could have been is a very advanced countermeasures test that was taking place during their training maneuvers that was very secret and that very few people knew about. But I don't believe that. I mean, it defies logic. If there had been no UFO reports until the 2000s, you could believe that. But given the thousands and thousands of UFO reports 
many, including military witnesses and police witnesses and radar and et cetera, going back to the 40s and 50s, I don't think anybody had countermeasures that behaved like these Tic Tacs. <laughs> so oh, wow. I I disagree with uh, Gary on that. Oh, uh, no, this wasn't something Gary Okay, so it could be the case. This was something that we've talked about with um, like Kevin D. Randall is something that uh, we've looked into as a possible explanation for the tic tac. When you get talking about the rest of it. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm a believer in alien visitation. I don't call them UAPs. I say what they are. We're talking about alien craft out there. We just don't know for sure which cases actually represent the alien craft and which ones don't. I, I will agree with you. I'll stipulate that there's enough time that has passed and we've had some of these craft to analyze. So it's it's quite possible that the stew of things that are flying around in our skies include more of our stuff than than it than used to be the fact. And by the way, when I say UAP, it's not that I'm I'm just saying I'm not a hundred percent that uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure that they're extraterrestrial or that all of them are extraterrestrial. Some of them may be ultra dimensional. Some of them may have some origin here. Some of them may just look, there's a numerous ways that we could look at this and, and ask ourselves what they are. I just know they're not ours. I just know that there's in the mix, a bunch of these things that aren't ours. And I'm kind of curious about it and I'm not getting any younger. I would like to know about this before I shuffle off this uh, mortal coil. Definitely. Well, some of us will shuffle off before others, but I gave up long, long ago any possibility that I'd live to see some resolution. I'd like to be proven wrong. I'd like I like to see something be happen. Wrong. Because I, I believe so. you're going to be around a few more years here, so I think you're going to be proven wrong. I literally think the 2020s are the new 1960s, and they are going to be that because this inciting incident is going to be this story finally breaking open into pub into the public square, and that's going to light a fuse under change and uh, discussion and analysis. I don't necessarily think that you or me or or any of your uh, listeners are necessarily going to learn everything there is about this topic or come to be told conclusions that we can all buy into. I just think that uh, we are going to go through a period where we all admit that they're unusual. Uh, they, they are not made here uh, conventionally here on earth and that we've got some explaining to do. Well, the thing oh, you yeah. see now with governments is that they're mostly unable to prepare for anything. We're seeing that happen now with the coronavirus, where China, I guess, suppressed it. And now they have a new version of reporting it. So the number of affected people is increasing, although not as much in the rest of the world. But it seems like everything, bad hurricanes, governments go from crisis to crisis after the fact. Yeah. And with UFOs, UAPs, whatever we want to call them, they would be reactive too. Of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, um, disclosure has gotten more complicated um, and, and more likely in the 10 years since uh, uh, Richard Dolan and I wrote uh, AD after disclosure. It's gotten more likely and more complicated for the same reason, which is we are now 
capable of disclosing this to ourselves. We have uh, high technology that's out in civilian society. We have more people who are willing to discuss it openly and therefore compare notes and so forth. Uh, what used to be kind of a closed uh, system is becoming more open. And so as that happens, uh, it would be, frankly, it would be nice if our government and governments around the world would kind of get their act together and say, we're going to, we're going to be a little more uh, open about this. Uh, but we're going to have to probably uh, do a lot of this on our own at the beginning until we drag uh, the man, I call them the managers, uh, until we drag these managers kicking and screaming into the disclosure situation. And uh, clearly when like like I said, you're not. You can't be a little bit disclosed. You you disclose the most basic thing, which is they're not ours. Well, you know, then all bets are off because all that does is raise questions, and people are going to demand answers. And I I, th I think if there's anything that's troubling about what we've experienced in the last few years with uh, the president and and his style, you know, I'll try not to piss off anybody who's listening to this <laughs> but you know the style that he brings to his way of interpreting the world is to act like um he's telling the truth but everybody else is lying and, and we're going to have more about the truthful lies or okay. the lying truth it reminds me of a star trek episode where captain kirk screwed with his computer by talking gibberish but this is not gibberish these announcements are important with gene randall and bryce you're in the paracast attack of the rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget a former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results vary. Exclusions apply. Contacts and glasses are such a hassle. I'd love to finally get LASIK, but... I'm going to stop you right there. If you want LASIK, then the LASIK Vision Institute has officially taken away everything standing in your way. Isn't LASIK expensive? Not at the LASIK Vision Institute. We're offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. See for free if LASIK is right for you by texting 288 to 350350. But I'm really busy. A text only takes seconds, and the LASIK procedure... typically only takes 15 minutes. And best of all, most patients can get back to work the following day. I had no idea. The LASIK Vision Institute uses the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision. We've performed over 1.3 million procedures. That's experience you can trust. And we're offering 20% off our already low-cost services. What's that text again? Text DO88 to 350-350. That's DO88 to 350-350 to schedule your free consultation today. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. At one time, Trump told, I think it was Leslie Stahl, that the reason he refers to the media as fake news, you know, is just to kind of give cover to stories that are not favorable towards him. It's a deliberate action with well, obviously yeah, I mean, preordained if results. If he admitted that, then I, I, I didn't, I didn't catch that, but I, it doesn't make any difference because he does spend most of his time saying I'm completely innocent of everything. I've never made a wrong decision in my life. And uh, I'm the only guy that tells the truth. And by the way, the people that say anything bad about me are lying. And uh, that includes the media, which is all fake news that, that you know, that's politics to one. I'm not going to get into discussing norms and things like that. And let's just call it politics for the moment. Okay. The problem of what it does for disclosure is we do need some sense that we can trust some things and we need to have some standards where we can look at these things and and analyze them. And it hasn't helped. Uh, Now, uh, having said that, uh, we have to accept he might be our disclosure president because I think it's very possible we will have a disclosure moment in the next five years. So uh, if he's reelected, then we're going to quite possibly see him be the disclosure president, which will be in, I mean, wow, what a story that'll be. But 
And again, it'll be very unusual as to how he chooses to present it. Uh, you can just imagine, think of the styles of all the different people. Trump disclosing is certainly a wild and woolly event, correct? Uh, Bernie Sanders disclosing is I don't quite even, I, I think he would just say, well, you wanted to know about this, here it is. And that would have its own power. Uh, I think Pete Buttigieg would sort of walk us through things in a more sort of, uh, from a, a military POV about how what this means, and he'd be open as a younger generation man to talking about the, the nature of the universe a little bit. And, and I think uh, uh, certainly... Amy Klobuchar will will look at it from the point of view of, I said I was going to solve problems when I came in. This is a problem to be solved. Here's my take on it. So kind of matter of factly. So there's a lot of different ways this is coming, but my point is it's coming. One way or the other, it's coming. Hang on, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm always thinking here, though, when we think about this happening, we look at how our president would release the information and whether people would even believe him or her. But we have to look at the fact that UFOs are being investigated in other countries that may or may not have our best interests at heart, may or may not be communicating this information with us. And they could see at some point a tactical advantage to being first at the bat. Listen, one of the things that's also changed, obviously, in the last 10 years is how the current president has, and again, not trying to get into the politics and just looking at the big picture here for a second, he certainly made current alliances a little shakier or or whatever. He's turned some countries to be less than friendly to us. He's challenged other countries. There's just a disturbance in the force about how the world is organized, which means it's possible somebody else will just decide, screw this, we're going to go. Right. So, in fact, what may happen about disclosure is that somebody else, whether it be France or or uh, Brazil or the Vatican or Russia or China or somebody may be for their reasons thinking it's time to go on this thing and, and consequences be damned. And if if our intelligence is to turn up that like. That's about to happen. I would think that the United States would want in its own self-interest as the longest standing interactor with this phenomenon, want to kind of lead the the terms of the disclosure. And so we might have a disclosure race for a few weeks and then it'll blow open and, and uh, off we go. But again, that's the thing about trying to predict. It's hard to predict the specifics because who would have predicted the Navy videos the way they came out? I mean, really, that's not anything any of us were actually thinking was going to happen, that somebody would release partial videos and then they'd sort of sit there for a few years as people cogitated on them and it wouldn't lead to immediate disclosure. That's that's a little not what we were thinking. The things that may happen are may are likely to be things that we don't quite see right now, but that when they happen, we'll say, well, that's obvious. I get, I should have seen that coming. But there are large historical forces uh, at play right now, and this is the time. Look, I, I acknowledge that people have been saying this for a long time. If you read Donald Kehoe's old books, you realize that he was uh, predicting that the so-called silence group, which is what he called them, 
was going to come clean at any minute. And of course, they didn't. And it's like something like 65 or 70 years since he predicted that. And and frankly, some people have been predicting disclosure uh, is just around the corner every year. And uh, the thing I always say is, well, eventually they're going to be right. So I guess they'll just keep predicting it. And one day it will be there and they can say, yeah, I predicted that last year, even though they predicted it 25 years in a row. But uh, the forces are in play. Uh, this is not a secret that will uh, be kept forever, and we have the ability to to disclose it to ourselves. So, you know, it is coming. Uh, as a, a phrase I have always liked from that song is, uh, "People get ready." That's that sums it up for me. People get ready. The smart the smart bet right now is uh, you should ask yourself. How am I going to interact with this when this starts happening? What's what's my place in this particular storyline that will be unfolding across the world? And I think we all have a role to play. Now, one thing that occurs to me also to be more paranoid, that is that this may be such a momentous, important, earth-shattering story that all of the developed countries would be forced to work together to manage right. it. They couldn't sit there and use their own political turf to get an advantage. I mean, you know, possibly. Uh, I think that the problem we have is on in terms of how the secret has been managed by these managers, we have insufficient information. We have hints. Uh, we've seen these majestic 12 documents that may or may not be accurate. We've seen some de declassified documents, um, but we really, really don't know how they've managed to hold this thing together the way they have, particularly on a global basis. In other words, it's one thing for the U.S. military to say, well, we're going to classify the hell out of this thing. We're going to officially deny any involvement in any way. And if anybody challenges us, we're going to ridicule them. Well, that certainly worked for 70 years, denial and ridicule. Uh, and But that's something uh, you could imagine a singular entity like the U.S. military being able to pull off. But how did they pull it off, given that many of these other countries have had their own interactions and have their own theories? And I'm talking about many of the uh, South American countries and Brazil. Uh, France has been very open, etc. We're yeah. going to break right here, talk more about how other countries might treat the subject of UAPs, UFOs. Bryce, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203.
Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with John Hunt. Pro-Donald Trump groups raised more than $60 million in January and have more than $200 million on hand for this year's general election, shattering fundraising records on the path toward a goal of raising $1 billion during this cycle. The Republican National Committee and the president's campaign have raised more than $525 million since the start of 2019. Together with two joint fundraising committees, the RNC and the Trump campaign provided those figures to the Associated Press. The January haul coincided with most of the Senate's impeachment trial, which resulted in the Republican president's acquittal earlier this month. RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said, We already have 500,000 volunteers fully trained and activated, and this record-breaking support will help us grow our grassroots army even more. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. 1-800-976-1460. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
So Bryce Abel is with us. We've done some back and forth talking about pop culture, specifically superheroes, comic books, but also about the possibility of disclosure and what might be happening out there and how the secret might be kept. Is there still some kind of silence group that's using black budget money? Or again, maybe they can't keep it all going, so they try to sweep it under the rug, like in the first Indiana Jones movie where the Ark of the Covenant was stuck in Warehouse 13. So maybe the evidence for UFOs is stuck in Warehouse 13 and out of sight, out of mind, hoping that this other force that manages the UFOs, because that's ET or whatever, is not going to decide it's time. I don't know what to call it, whether it's Majestic 12 or something else, but this so-called silence group, as Donald Kehoe used to call them, almost has to be intuited to have existed, because otherwise, why would we be here right now? We're here because people that had reports written chose to keep them classified, and in some cases, like the estimate of the situation report, burn them up. So clearly, there's been some mechanism of management that has been applied to this. Now, the definition of management of a secret is a, is a spectrum. Right on one side, it it might be very loose, and on another side, it might be very tight. Uh, and and it's it's true that the longer you classify something, uh, the more it sort of goes internal. Uh, so it's quite possible, by the way, that there are classified documents and possibly wreckage and maybe bodies and possibly living things. Who really knows? Uh, but that group is probably considerably smaller than you'd imagine. It's not out of the question to believe that there are legitimate people in the government today and certainly in private enterprise who literally want to know about this and can't get at it because it's it's sort of buried. So I think the goal of the citizens going forward, and I include global citizens, not just U.S. citizens, is to try to encourage those who are managing this to realize that the gig is up here and it's time for them to embrace a little more openness. Um, and, and by the way, there are ways that this could be done. I, we talked about it earlier, but imagine that we embrace some kind of congressional hearings on a very narrow basis. They're going to look into what the Navy knows about these cases that are referenced in the videos. Say it's just that. It would probably expand relatively quickly to those overflights of uh, the nuclear missile sites and how those missiles were were taken down uh, during UFO encounters. And you're going to want to bring people in to talk about those things. Some people will gladly come forward. Uh, You'll want to make sure that they all understand that they can speak freely. And you may uh, have to subpoena some people who don't want to come. And you may even have to offer uh, some kind of immunity to certain witnesses so that they feel that they can testify openly. But once you get people who are in the know talking openly, wow, all bets really are off. And the revolution will be televised. It will this year. I'm assuming here. I'd like to to put a question out there that sort of ties a lot of this together because of that. You did an interview in 2019 with Olympic and Bundy about the Emmys where you were saying that 
the Emmys are important. They matter because television tells us who we are as a country. So I was kind of, I was intrigued by that. So I, I'd like to ask a couple of questions and sort of lead us through this where, sure. well, does that mean that television is shaping the country into what it portrays or that it's more like a mirror that is reflecting what the country is back to itself or some combination of both? That's a great question. And by the way, I love being quoted back to myself. That's fantastic. Uh, but uh, listen, um, I was the chairman and CEO of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, the people that give out the Emmys, which is why they were interviewing me on that show because uh, they wanted to talk about the 9-11 Emmys. I'm the guy that canceled the Emmys twice that year, and they'd never been canceled in 49 years. So it was kind of a wild, wild time to be alive and to be in charge of that. So to answer your question, let me back up. Back when I was running the Academy, we had a retreat. And one of the things we asked at that retreat was, will they even call it television in a few years? Because our concern was it was just changing so quickly. And maybe maybe we couldn't even see how it was going to just blow things apart. In reality, I think what's happened is there was a fight between television and film and television one, because now uh, even films that uh, are in the Oscars are available to you on the small screen on Netflix and then, and Amazon and, and places like that. So there's more television being made than ever before. Uh, some kind of 500 series right now. Uh, we watch it pretty much on any screen we choose to. Some of us have big screens at home and we have a television in the bedroom and the, the living room and the, the kitchen. Some of us like to watch on our iPads. Some of us like to watch on our phones. Okay. And we like to be able to watch whatever we want to watch whenever we want to watch it. All right. So the question is, is television leading us or are we leading television? Well, my experience is someone I've created five TV series that have gotten on prime time. And, and my sense of it is it's a dance, but clearly specifically when you talk about commercial uh, television, uh, which frankly, I guess all of it is really commercial in one sense or another, they're not in the business of doing something that will alienate viewers. They're looking for viewers. So they tend to want uh, the creative community to pitch things that uh, represent the reality that people are experiencing. So, okay. so, so there, let, if, right. if I can just interject right in there, yeah, this yeah. brings me to the next point where when we, you guys were talking about Superman, well, of course he was invented during the great depression and came to be seen as a symbol right. for the liberation of the common citizen from the poverty of the great depression and those seeking justice, but are powerless to fight forces that are larger than them in the world. And now we see the superhero genre just exploding out. So if, Television is and film and everything is reflecting what the country is feeling back on itself that almost suggests that the country is feeling somewhat powerless in the face of these much larger forces that we're having a really tough time dealing with. Well, every generation gets the Superman it deserves is how I look at it. Um, you know, the the original, I mean, the first television Superman uh, was clearly just a straight ahead, square jawed uh, George Reeves. Uh, and and now you you've gone to Henry Cavill, who's way more alienated and, and sort of reflects the world that we live in, where 
it's not perfect and ain't a perfect world. And, and, uh, he doesn't even like the job he's got sometimes. Okay. But, uh, television does, uh, reflect the society we live in. So on issues like, uh, gay rights, uh, a lot of gay rights, uh, programming, uh, sort of preceded the public overall acceptance, but it was clearly the arc of, uh, of knowledge, I guess, or how people were going to do things. Now, uh, there are other, uh, ways to look at it though. You could say that some, uh, issues get pushed forward by the creative community. And, and when that happens, you have that sort of uh, flyover state mentality where you realize that the coasts are more liberal than the center of the country and they're trying to lead. Um, but generally speaking, um, my experience is that television, uh, in its grand scope is, a uh, is a pretty effective way of giving people what the the kind of material they want to see because you know what happens when you give people material they don't want to see you cancel the show so it's a relentlessly uh, effective way of giving you an insight into the world that we live in at least that's my take we're yeah. going to have more takes on this but we have to take this first we're going to take it and give it whatever Bryce Jean Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$1,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 message and data rates may apply help seriously i'm too young for hair loss my hairline keeps creeping back receding i got this bald spot uh it's thinning everywhere i'm gonna have to give up and shave it dude Put down the razor, because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Bryce, you were continuing about the fact, of course, that if a TV show doesn't garner the ratings, then it is canceled. But now I understand they, when they look at ratings, they also look at the live plus three. Yeah, that means I mean, it's DVR so many ways three days later. And suddenly the show doubles an audience. And it's more than that, even. I had a show on NBC that's, you know, your audience may remember Dark Skies, which was about a UFO invasion in the 60s. It was on NBC prior to uh, DVRs, okay? I'm telling you right now, the numbers we got on a Saturday night, which were insufficient to keep us on the air and got us canceled, would have made us a runaway hit if we had it today. Right. In addition to what you just said, the other thing that's sort of changing things is that people are fighting for smaller and smaller uh, pieces of the pie. And that means if you're really talking about tele- the, the mirror effect of television, is it reflecting us or are we reflecting it or, you know, which. And, and as I said, you make an argument that both are going on concurrently. But the niche programming that we seem to have now does allow things to, to be on the air and stay on the air because a portion of the population likes them. Is Dark Sky still out there? Can people still watch it? I mean, will it be coming to Netflix or? Well, so far, it's not uh, streaming, uh, which is a big a sadness in my life. Yeah. I, wish, I wish it was streaming. It is available in, a, in an excellent DVD that uh, Shout Factory put together. 
I really love what they did with it. Uh, but it would be nice if it was uh, streaming. One of the problems we had, it took 14 years to get the DVD set released because they told me it was all about music clearances. I, I don't know that that was actually oh, true. Man. I suspect something else was afoot, but that's what they said. And then they finally put it out after 14 years. And if indeed music clearances, because there was a lot of music in it, it took place in the 60s and we tried to have a pretty rock and roll soundtrack to the whole thing. That was part of the fun and the, mm-hmm. uh, and the license of the whole thing. So if the music licenses were literally a problem for that, and again, I'm, I question it, but if they were, you would have the same issues that lawyers would have to sort out for streaming. And it may very well be Sony and whoever might want to, which owns it, and whoever might want to stream it can't agree on what those music rights are worth. So well, well, though, if it's if it would be popular enough to make the money that is required, then and I think it probably would be. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. There's definitely a, a niche market for that out sure. there. I'd really like to see it come back. Somebody should be looking into it. You know what? Um, over the years, I've certainly uh, been open to rebooting it, uh, to re-envisioning it, to remaking it, to streaming it. I mean, I've been a relentless and painful advocate for it. <laughs> just ask people around all of it. I just, I just never give up, nor will I. I will continue to always push it forward as best I can. Uh, but, but part of me is also, I've had to sort of bifurcate my passion for it and say, okay, my passion for Dark Skies will never, never end. And I will continue to talk about it on uh, shows like yours. And I will certainly tell people about how great that DVD set is and hope that they'll watch it. But at the same time, I have to sort of move on with my life uh, in entertainment and even in UFO entertainment. So I have other projects that I'm pursuing because the problem about Dark Skies for me is I don't own it. Uh, Sony owns it. So mm. I can't tell them to make it or to license it or they, anything that they do has to be their idea. Uh, so I'm concentrating more of my creative firepower on identifying and developing projects in this uh, in this well, worldview. Uh, Let's talk about uh, some more of those then. What's your uh, latest thing? What are you really excited about and want to push now? My passion right now is Captured, which um, I have the option on the uh, book written by Stanton Friedman and Kathleen Marden about the Betty and Barney Hill case. I've had that option for a few years and people may have, I think I even talked about it on your show but but it's hard to get anything sold in this town, despite the fact they're making so much material. Uh, this is something that's not necessarily something everybody understands. But uh, I love it because I I think the Betty and Barney Hill case is a uh, is a terrific case because a it's the most fascinating case around because the the first Americans to claim publicly that they were abducted are uh, Betty and Barney, who were an interracial couple in 1961. So there's that. They were not only the first to claim abduction, they were the first to experience missing time. And they were also uh, the first to reclaim lost memories through hypnosis. So it's just all about the first. And that's why I feel at a time when people are starting to see these UFO reports and be taken seriously, 
while there's still going to be a lot of those shows that are what I would call the Independence Day shows, which are the sort of the alien invasions with phasers and stun guns and that kind of stuff, I think as we begin to realize that UFOs actually are real and actually have happened and are happening right now, we're going to want to know about some of those famous cases. So I've developed, uh, captured most recently as a limited series it would be an eight-hour limited series and i'm working with some uh people at a management company which i can't really go into right now but i'm working with those people to take it out to the town as a limited series could go to a second season but more likely a limited series that tells the story of betty and barney because and this is what i think is so cool the hook for it is at a time when the world saw everything as black and white betty and barney hill encountered gray and that's what makes it just <laughs> world's best story for me. I love. I it. would think also with all these streaming services coming online, there are more opportunities for something like that. Of course, we have Apple TV Plus, and we still have Netflix and Disney Plus and everything. So at least that gives you more opportunities. I don't know if it helps. Listen, um, when I sold Dark Skies, there were four buyers. You know, it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. All right. Uh, now we got lucky. We took uh, Dark Skies out to uh, three networks in one day: uh, NBC, ABC, and CBS. And by the end of that day, we had offers from both CBS and NBC. So we got lucky. Uh, but I can't tell you that that made it easier because really, if you bomb out with, uh, you only have four buyers, and you bomb out with the four buyers, you're done. Whereas today, as you point out, you have streamers and there's lots of them from Amazon to Netflix to Hulu to Disney to, you know, just lots. They're the same broadcast networks. So that's good. There's the cable outlets. There's everything from history to AMC. And, you know, there's just so many ways that these things are being put out there uh, and so many different people who could potentially buy it. So yeah, I love it. And I do think that that's why I'm pushing so hard with renewed vigor in uh, 2020 on captured, because I think this is a story uh, whose time has come to be told. Uh, it, it was told uh, in, in, on film in 1975 as a very kind of low budget uh, TV movie that, doesn't really stand up today. I want to make it uh, in an expanded form. I want to make it with the best actors that we can find. And I want to make it with enough money to, uh, here's how I would put it. Uh, Betty and Barney were taken on board this ship. I want any viewers to go with me on board that ship with them. And I want to deliver an experience on board that ship that is authentic to what they say happened to them. And how about the cultural aspects of the time and uh, all of the you're going to have to recreate sets then that are realistic looking for the period. And that's going to be a lot of work. And there there could be a lot of uh, subplots in there, too. Well, sure. But, you know, know? (laughs) remember, I'm the guy that's got the experience of recreating the 1960s with UFOs because that's all Dark Skies was. Exactly. We took place from 1961 to 1967. And and roughly that is the time frame of the Betty and Barney Hill uh, series that I envision. So, yeah, uh, if you're going to pick anybody to do it, you know. Uh, I'd be happy to be that guy. Uh, and I think the sixties are very rich and they were, you know, the, the, it, 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 they're so, uh, 
there's so much that's good about it and and trying to get it right and uh, authentic is has always been a passion of mine uh, certainly uh, we tried very hard to get things right on dark skies which is why i think so many people remain fans of it to this day because it hasn't dated that much we made it in the 90s about the 60s so it still looks like the right. 60s it didn't exactly. date we didn't date the 90s. We we made the 60s. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a, a tremendous uh, challenge to getting it right. But the other thing about the, the, the Betty and Barney Hill case that intrigues me is the zeitgeist of the time. The Cold War is raging in 1961. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill live just a few miles away from Peace Air Force Base. Let's continue yeah. to paint the picture of the scene in 1961. We'll go back through time. With Bryce Sable, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Barney and Betty Hill, 1961. Bryce Sable is painting the picture of the world in which they live. Go ahead. 
Well, I think 1961, uh, which, by the way, just by coincidence, was the year that we started Dark Skies. Uh, it's the Kennedy administration beginning. It's the new frontier. Uh, Betty and Barney are abducted about nine, ten months after the after Kennedy takes office. Betty and Barney live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, just a few miles away from Peace Air Force Base. And Peace Air Force Base at that time, like Roswell before it in the 40s, was uh, America's primary, and I believe only at that time, nuclear bomber base. So the tip of the spear of American nuclear bomber power, there were there were missiles, of course, in the middle of the country, but the bomber power was just a few miles from them, which would mean there'd be Russians probably running around Portsmouth. There was a lot of tension in that that area. Plus, of course, Betty and Barney, uh, being an interracial couple, were having to deal with the, the civil rights movement at the time and so forth. And here's something that's interesting. I'm not telling you how or if or whether I would include it in this uh, series, but I, I think it's worth mentioning. Betty and Barney were coming back from Montreal, Canada, when this abduction happened. They were on a delayed honeymoon, and they were driving back through the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Well, many of your viewers or listeners know that in in the 50s into the 60s, there was a group known as MKUltra, which was the group that was all about uh, trying to study mind control and and uh, for its its weaponization and so forth and it all came out in the 70s when there were uh, hearings about it well guess where mk ultra was located in 1961 montreal canada because we didn't want to have these potentially illegal things going on on american soil so we basically offshored the MK Ultra program across the border into Montreal. This is a fact. You can uh, read it in the documents. So I find that interesting. I find the whole Betty and Barney Hill time zone and location and zeitgeist to be endlessly fascinating. And I can't really wait to to produce that and bring it to uh, people so that they can judge for themselves whether we got it right. That does sound fascinating. I mean, now you've got me wondering. I wonder if they were victims of an MK Ultra experiment. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's not impossible. <laughs> uh, those of us who have studied it, uh, look, I've I've got to go with what I believe is the explanation. I believe that Betty and Barney literally were abducted. I believe that. But but that doesn't mean that the the story itself can't uh, embrace some of the 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 logic behind alternative theories, which would be MKUltra. Because one of the things MKUltra did, by the way, uh, in San Francisco, they were trying out drugs on various Johns who were visiting whorehouses because these Johns were married. They could hardly go tell their wives or significant others that uh, I was messed with by the right. government with yeah. drugs when they were actually seeing prostitutes. So by the same token, you might want to try something on uh, an interracial couple because they have enough problems as it is. They don't really want to confess to anything else. Uh, so there, there is that possibility. And the same with the Soviets. I mean, the Soviets, no doubt, had submarines off the coast of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And they may very well have been interested in how can we say, for example, kidnap servicemen, uh, download what they know about uh, security in the United States and nuclear security, and put them back with their memories wiped. 
I mean, it's not impossible to consider those things. I don't consider those to be the top theories. I, I think the top theory, that what's conventionally been the two questions asked about Betty and Barney were, A, are they just big fat liars who made this up? Or B, did it really happen to him? It's usually a, a bilateral choice there, if you will. Maybe um, it's all true. Maybe the the aliens were interested in them because they were MK Ultra uh, subjects that were being messed with by the government. <laughs> it's possible, I, I, but I tend to think I, I I tend to think that those are good theories that uh, people might. Uh, consider, and certainly the military might have considered it if they were looking into them. But we've talked about disclosure uh, on this uh, uh, on this show. And one of the things that I think is clear is at some point, you know, this may not be imminent, but at some point, a lot of documents are going to be de- declassified and dumped. And at some point, you're going to get a document or two or three or four or 10 about the Betty and Barney Hill case. Uh, where people studied it and drew conclusions. And I can't wait to read those documents. Um, they're probably not going to come out in time for me to read them before the, sh- the the series gets on the air. But someday we're going to read documents about Betty and Barney Hill and Travis Walton and all these other cases. And, and uh, it's going to be a fascinating time and make for uh, some real uh, revisions of our history. You know, what still interests me about abductions is are they representations of real contacts with alien beings or a separate phenomenon? And there are some UFO researchers that bifurcate the two. Yeah. This is the UFO mystery. This is the abduction experience. Well, you know, we are starting to see that this is complicated and complex, as you would expect it to be if it deals with the nature of uh, consciousness and and life in the universe. So uh, it 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 is possible that uh, this is something that we don't understand or can't quite understand. And what's interesting about the time that we live in, more and more people are starting to, yes, we are on one side starting to say, well, instead of UFOs, let's use UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon, because then we can talk more about the nuts and bolts and you know be taken more seriously, right? But on the other side of it is the concept that the, the UFO phenomenon is part of a larger, quote, the phenomenon, which includes UFOs, but also includes things that uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch and and some of the weirder stuff that's out there, and th- that means that UFOs uh, are are literally not the whole story. And your mind kind of blows up when you start to think of it that way. It's it's almost comforting to think of UFOs as nuts and bolts alien ships from Zeta Reticuli, right? I mean, because you can get your brain wrapped around that. You go, well, there's other life out there and all intelligent life is interesting to all other intelligent life. So that makes perfect sense that when they hear intercept our TV signals or radio signals or whatever, and they come to take a look, that would make sense. So we can get our brain around that. But the idea that we're some kind of simulation or that we're, uh, or, or there's demonic uh, stuff as you, we started talking about at the beginning, or that this whole thing isn't as clean and clear and understandable. And in fact, um, 
uh, here's how I would put it. Uh, a, a physicist named J.S. Haldane at the turn of the last century stated, the universe is not only stranger than we imagine, it is stranger than we can imagine. Now, let's just think about that for a second. If that's a true quote, and and it might reflect reality. If the universe is stranger than we can imagine, it means that the brains that we currently have aren't even wired to quite understand what's going on. That would be a mind blower. Um, and, and it would mean that all we can do right now is is tell ourselves, take ourselves, our consciousness up to the fringes of understanding this thing. So that's why I, uh, I, I try not to uh, take too many stands on too many things about what it is. I just know there's something odd going on. It's real. It's been going on for at least 70 years and maybe thousands. And we don't entirely understand it. But there are some people who have uh, had better access to gun camera footage and uh, radar returns and witness testimony, better access than I have. And they might have some better theories, uh, even if they don't completely understand it. But that would also explain why we're still in a cover-up at this point. If the universe is stranger than we can imagine, then that means the people who have been managing this secret aren't quite sure how to tell the story to anybody, let alone the entire public. Right now, we're going to tell these stories, a few stories, and then we'll get back with Bryce Sable, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. 
you need Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at SurvivalistCamps.com. That's SurvivalistCamps.com. Trust your family's survival to SurvivalistCamps.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Bryce has become a gray, an alien gray, before our very eyes. Now, you were mentioning before... Obviously, if ETs out there, Zeta, Reticuli, whatever, they are receiving our broadcasts, perhaps. And that brought to mind that movie, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, I love that movie. How did it bring it to mind? Oh, because, of course, right, right, right. They based their entire civilization on a sci-fi show. Yeah, which is funny. I mean, that's the funny version of it. And remember, Carl Sagan in his book, Contact, they had received the very first um, broadcast from the Earth, and it was Hitler in 1936 making some statement, and they beamed it back at us. So there's a lot of things that that could explain or at least begin to explain what's going on. You know, there is some kind of possibility of interaction between our intelligence and theirs. And, And just one thing I just want to put out there. My, my good friend Stan Friedman is no longer with, with us, and I certainly admired Stan and his his grit, and I optioned two of his books. I've, I've optioned Captured, as we've talked about, and I also have under option uh, Top Secret Magic. And I agree with almost everything Stan said, except that I, one thing I never quite agreed with him on, he continually went to... Uh, in his speeches saying, well, you know, why would any supposedly intelligent uh, intelligence want to come to the earth and, and, you know, have anything to do with us? Cause we're just this war kind of, uh, uh, intelligence and, you know, we're just crazy. And why would they want to bother with us? I don't think that's right. 
and and I have nothing to base this on other than my gut, but my gut tells me that all intelligent life is interesting to all other intelligent life. And that even if the universe has other intelligent life out there, it's not a dime a dozen. You know, it's still semi-rare. And in the same way that when we are able to space travel with a greater alacrity than we can now, and we realize that there's another life form out there, you damn right we're going to go look into it, right? So why, if we're willing to say that there are civilizations millions of years or thousands of years or even hundreds of years ahead of us, and they can identify that we exist here on Earth in this solar system, why wouldn't they want to come and look into us because even though we're flawed, even though we're militaristic, uh, we also had Beethoven and the Beatles, right? They'd want to see what another civilization looks like because they're curious, just like we're. Well, I I couldn't agree with you more. Every time the skeptics or anyone says that, well, why would they want to bother with boring old planet Earth? Uh, all I have to do is think of some of like. Uh, blue planet or planet earth and you go through those discs and even without us it's an amazing 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 planet and an amazing world and you're absolutely right like why wouldn't they want to come of here of course and of then course. we're just kind of like this bonus thing on top so, like so humans we, are amazing so we don't really know how they they how these other intelligences have organized the universe and it's it's entirely possible that the earth got put on some kind of list and there's more than one uh, intelligence interacting with us. Uh, some of them may have come and gone. Some may have been scientific. Some may be to, to our best interests. And what I think is clear is there are at least a few that are not uh, operating in our best interests. That's what scares me. I think we do have reason to be you know, fear is something I don't want to encourage, but I think we have reason to be suspicious and to look critically at the facts as they present themselves. Right. Like we just don't want to be coming across as like, oh, they're, you know, wide eyed space brothery. Yeah. I don't know that they are. I mean, let's face it. If Betty and Barney were snatched out of their cars and had uh, these experiments performed on them, I'd like to know why. I'd like to know why these creatures thought that they could do that without permission. I'd like to know if they plan to do more of this or have done more of this. And I'd like to know what the, the point of it all was. Why, why, why take Barney's sperm? Why take Betty's eggs? Uh, why do that? I mean, this, these are right. questions that I think it's time we start asking in a serious way and say, I'd like some answers. Now, the thing I also worry about with these stories is that we have this incredibly advanced civilization traveling across the stars to come to Earth for whatever reason, and they want to get samples of the locals. I'm sure they have the technology to do it in a far less painful way, in a way that we wouldn't even notice. Possibly. I mean... Uh, our sample is so small, right? We, 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 we don't really know, but probably, although maybe for reasons we're not clear on, that's not how they roll. They, they roll differently. So uh, it's, 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 that's why I say I want these managers to come clean, even if they don't have the full story. And it's quite likely they don't. They have more of the story than you and I have. And right now we're, you know, the three of us are kicking this around, you know, over 
uh, radio. Um, we don't. Have, we haven't been briefed. We haven't been briefed into the situation. Yeah, so we've been we're better than most people, though. Well, we that's have, just but, the thing. Yeah. Like, uh, do we even really need the government? I mean, anyone who's done their ufology homework can figure this out. Well, that's an interesting point. Then let me ask you: uh, You've done your ufology homework. What do you think is going on? I think that we're dealing with alien visitation. And when I say alien, I'm like you. It, we don't know for sure yet where it's coming from. We just know it's not from around here. And we didn't make it. We don't know for sure if it's here right this second, but we sure know it's been here within the last, I'll say, the you know the mid-40s kind of thing, for sure, without a question. Okay, so then... But, but let's and not, been let's not stop there. I mean, uh, uh, let's let's spot you that. Okay, it's alien visitation. Yeah. To what end? What's it all about, Alfie? What's going uh, on? There we go. See now, what you're doing is you're being progressive. You're you're saying, okay, look, we already know that it's real. What are they doing here? What's the reasoning yeah. behind it? And we've taken the next step. That's why people like us here on the show, Gene, yourself, and I, we're the people who are already taking that next step. Yeah. Well, we are. And and it, uh, there are people uh, out there who could help us take it a little more successfully. Um, but but they're not for reasons that we're unclear of, on. We, you know, do, w- my question would also be why have the managers chosen to behave the way they have uh, and keep it all tightly uh, secure? What's, what's that all about? Now, when I hear people say, well, it's because they, you know, the, the, they don't want to let people know about zero point energy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite buy that. I mean, that seems a little too uh, human in its reasoning. You know, yeah. I just think yeah. there's something a little, I, I think there's, there's more something strange going on. And, yeah. and I, it, it disturbs me. Uh, well, I want to know these answers. Yeah, let's do our break here. And then we might ask the question, what do they know? The powers that be. And when did they know it? It sounds almost like something political. Bryce Abel, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with John Hunt. 
pro-Donald Trump groups raised more than $60 million in January and have more than $200 million on hand for this year's general election, shattering fundraising records on the path toward a goal of raising $1 billion during this cycle. The Republican National Committee and the president's campaign have raised more than $525 million since the start of 2019, together with two joint fundraising committees, the RNC and the Trump campaign provided those figures to the Associated Press. The January haul coincided with most of the Senate's impeachment trial, which resulted in the Republican president's acquittal earlier this month. RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said, We already have 500,000 volunteers fully trained and activated, and this record-breaking support will help us grow our grassroots army even more. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. I also wonder, Bryce Abel, about a secret like this. How do you keep it a secret? Because everything leaks. How do you pass it through generations, multiple generations? And I have to think there ought to be some kind of interruption there, which is why the Navy suddenly thinks they've got to look for UAPs and they're not relying on something that we've already done. Well, that's all good reasoning. How have they done it, though, I think is available to us. Clearly, what happened in the 40s into the 50s was, and particularly even start, let's just go back to 47, uh, when we started seeing 
flying saucers. What happened? There were sort of two pillars of managing it. And frankly, I think we can all agree that in 1947, after fighting this bloody World War II that involved genocide and that all the nonsense and terrible stuff that happened in World War II, and then finding yourself up against a nuclear-armed adversary in the Soviet Union, I, I think it's reasonable that our military would have wanted to get a handle on this situation. Even if Roswell is a true event, they would still want to, would want to know what why, right? So what they came up with for short term is what I believe. They came up with the two pillars, official denial and ridicule, denial and ridicule. And I think you could make an argument that it's quite likely that these two pillars were not intended to stand 70 plus years, but were intended to buy a little time to study it, to try to figure out what was going on and to come up with a response. But what happened is they worked like a charm, right? I would bet that the actual early managers who are now all passed on, but if you'd ask them on their deathbeds, if they thought that the secret would be still in place in 2020, uh, they would probably have said no, that this just worked. The ridicule aspect of it just worked, and it marginalized people that wanted to talk about it. Now, you could then say, yeah, but we know a lot right now. So how are they keeping the secret? Well, they're not keeping the secret. They're keeping the secret by not keeping the secret. In other words, exactly. we have the internet right now, and it's doing the work of every – we do the work for us. George Stephanopoulos, as we've said, won't ask the question at a debate. Why? Why? Because the government or officials deny it, and because – and more rational or more reasonable for the media because not everyone is denying it, but the media does not want to be taken and ridiculed, right? So George Stephanopoulos knows damn well that if he brings this up at a debate, he is just going to be marginalized. So he's not going to do it. Bryce, I think we forget that the media is representative of huge corporations you know, obviously ABC is Disney and we have NBC, which is NBC Universal owned by Comcast, et cetera, et cetera. And CBS, huge corporations, they have their agendas and they are going to exert certain controls on the content, whether you like it or not. I, I hear you, and I and I think that there is evidence that, that uh, some of that has gone on. You know, I worked in the media. We never talked about it, but before I was working on Lois and Clark and Mantis and things like that, I was in. I worked in television news. I worked on a. I worked for CNN as their first correspondent here in LA. I worked for PBS on a sixty minutes kind of investigative reporting show, and I'll tell you this: I think it has more to do not with. Corporate people don't exert their power uh, over the media directly. There may be some few examples of when that's happened. But what mostly happens is there's a culture in a newsroom, right? And everyone is fighting because they're all type A personalities. They're all fighting to rise in the ranks. And the last thing you can afford to do is take on a marginal storyline like UFOs and find yourself out of the promotion zone. So you you end up 
playing it more cautious. And I can tell you this from personal experience. I never covered UFOs when I was at CNN or PBS or at the two local television stations I worked at, because if I had back then, I could have probably been fired. And I wouldn't have been fired, by the way, because my corporate masters said fire him. (laughs) I would have been fired because my news director said, you've brought embarrassment to this newsroom. You're out of here. So how do guys like George Knapp get away with it then? I was doing I was in these newsrooms 20 years before Knapp's right, okay. making his stuff. I think it has changed now. Yeah, and yeah. See, and in fact that's one of the things I find hope in. It has changed. You can report on this thing uh, now. Uh, here's a great example of how things have changed. If you'll recall, at the beginning of the last decade, uh, there was in Washington, D.C., the testimony given by all the people about the nuclear uh, missiles that had gone offline in conjunction with UFO sightings, right? Right. And that was a big deal. These were decorated uh, military men, and they, they were considered to be smart enough to watch our nation's nuclear missiles, right? Well, the Washington Post that day instead of covering it, sent over a lifestyle reporter who ended up writing an article about the chocolate chip cookies that were being served at the the press club, all right? And that always made me spitting angry because I thought, you're putting down these military officers who have no reason to lie and, in fact, are being the highest level of patriots. And it just ticked me off. And by the way, we did get revenge. I, at the time, Dolan and I suggested that people send chocolate chip cookies to that reporter. And apparently he got many dozens of chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) And I thought that was great. Now let's flash forward to 2017 and the Washington Post covered the Navy videos and they covered it on their front pages. Exactly. All right. So we have changed and that's where I see hope. I mean, I am not all about gloom and doom. I'm about hope. There is hope for this, given that we are starting to embrace us a kind of a new kind of openness. The the shock to me is that it's still such a secret, which is why I get nervous about what the secret is. Because if it was good news, you'd kind of want to bring it out. And so <laughs> it leads me to believe it's at best mixed news, and it might be worst-case scenario news. And if it's worst-case scenario, watch out. We've got this year, actually, an abduction movie. And I'm not sure if you guys have checked it out yet. You probably know about this, Bryce, of course, because you're up on all things. Horse Girl. I, I saw that, and I didn't read a thing about it. Tell me. It is actually really kind of different for an abduction-type movie. I, I wasn't even sure it was an abduction movie at first, but it's worth checking out, I think, just because of the way that it comes at it. I just wrote it down. I definitely want to see it. Alison Brie stars in it. Mm, fantastic. Well, I look forward to that. So, okay. Before you go, uh, we just, we can't let you go without touching on once there was a way. What if the Beatles stayed together? God bless you, my son. God bless you. (laughs) Listen, um, I don't only do UFOs, right? Because uh, I have to work. And, uh, you know, like I just wrote a one-hour drama pilot about uh, L.A. in the 1920s called No City for Angels. And I've got a World War II true story that's coming out as a movie. It's being shot this summer. So I do other things. And one of the things that I did, because as a screenwriter in Hollywood, you end up doing other people's notes on your ideas all the time. And while 
of that's a fine process. It can kind of wear you down over time. So I thought, well, why don't I write a few books? Because I can at least tell the stories the way I wanted to tell them. So I started a book series called Breakpoint, and it's literally an alternate history uh, book series. The very first one was about uh, JFK surviving. So it was called Surrounded by Enemies, What If Kennedy Survived Dallas? And the one I just most recently did is called Once There Was a Way, What If the Beatles Stayed Together? And I had the greatest time of my life writing this thing. Uh, It was uh, a chance to, you know, there's not going to be more Beatles music. There's not going to be more Beatles. That's passed us by. So I thought maybe I can give some life to a story about how we wish it might have been. Let's start a break here. And we'll talk more about the Fab Four. And what could have been, what might have been, Bryce, Gene, Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio, pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion-dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio, the media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. 
You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The Hebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. Before we get started talking about what if the Beatles stayed together, and you read about all the issues that drew them apart, but there is, if you want to hear all things Beatles, if you listen to Sirius XM Radio Channel 18, 24-7 Beatles, I didn't write the book about John Lennon not being murdered. I wrote the book about what could have transpired in the late 60s when they were starting to break up that would have pushed them in the direction of staying together. Because remember, they just started Apple in 1969, in 1968 rather, and they had every reason to want to make this company succeed. So I kept it very real. I mean, I, I have people write me and they just go, <laughs> I had to keep go looking up things that you were talking about to find out if it really happened or you just made that up in this thing. And so I just want to encourage people that, that are kind of turned on by uh, the Beatles uh, having a second act, if you will, to check it out. I've, I've got a website called whatifbeatles.com. Uh, that talks a lot about that. What if Beatles.com? But if you want to get the book straight out, it's AmazonBeatles.com. And in fact, Audible.com decided to produce my book as an audiobook. They liked it well enough. They wanted to, to do this. And the guy they hired just nails the voices. It's so much fun. And so that's oh. AudiobookBeatles.com. And by the way, and just, uh, and I'll shut up about it, but I'm not the only guy that liked this book because it won the Sidewise Award for Alternate History, uh, which is uh, a major kind of thing. Philip Roth won it, uh, and it's it took home the honors in the year it was released. So I think that's kind of a stamp of approval. So I hope you'll check out whatifbeatles.com. And, we can uh, always wish in practicality that Alan Klein didn't exist, and Yoko Ono was never in the picture. Well, but you know what? I had somebody when I was writing, I, 
I didn't do that with Yoko. I had somebody when I was writing it saying, I know how the Beatles stay together. Yoko dies in a car crash. And I said, I'm not telling that movie. Uh, I don't want to tell that story. I want to tell the story where they work it out and incorporate Yoko into working it out. Not that she doesn't join the Beatles or anything, God forbid, but just that, you know, Yoko was a thing. And I didn't, I didn't want, I wanted a book that showed my four main characters, my protagonists, making a series of choices that could allow them to stay together. I didn't want it be Lennon doesn't get shot. Yoko does die. I didn't want any of that stuff. I wanted to make it real. Like, because let's face it, the Beatles broke up because these were uh, four men uh, just turning 30 and thinking about what was next for them and being a pretty burned out by the Beatles experience. So the, the harder story to tell was how could you be that burned out on the Beatles experience and still find a way uh, to keep it together? So the way I always say it, cause I always think in uh, phrases like this, instead of letting it be, they worked it out. So what happens then in, in the book? Can just, just give us a, a you don't have to like, uh, yeah, no, all that. I'll give you a short, a short thing. Yeah, here's, no, here's the thing. too many spoilers, but no, it's not. A spo- you know what? I like spoilers myself. Okay. Here's the thing. Each breakpoint uh, book of which there's the Kennedy book and the Beatles book has a moment in history where history breaks a different way. Now, for Kennedy, it's a very clear different way. The bullet doesn't hit him. He still gets shot at, but. Uh, he survives. So for the Beatles, I went for a different breakpoint. Like I said, I didn't want to repeat my own history. The breakpoint I went for is this. In 1968, when Apple was being introduced to the world, uh, John and Paul actually went to New York City and to promote it. And they ended up on The Tonight Show. And on The Tonight Show, uh, Johnny Carson was off doing a show in New Jersey, so they end up with Joe Garagiola uh, as the host, who really didn't know much about the Beatles at all, and he had um, Tallulah Bankhead, I think, on, uh, and she was drunk, and it just was not a good time. John and Paul did not have a good time, and that really happened, okay? That's history. So my break point is, takes place in a hotel room where they come to tell John and Paul that uh, Johnny Carson's not going to be the host that night, and this other guy will be the host. Can I swear on this show or no? You show. can't. Sorry, can't swear. Okay, so I won't. So swear. you can come back and tell more of this later <laughs> tomorrow. If you okay, want. but here's what happens. So, so the guys come in. This this Tonight Show uh, PA comes in and tells them that that's the way it's going down. And Lennon uh, pushes his glasses back on his head and goes, "F that, we're not coming." And the guy is freaking out. What do you mean you're not coming? You're booked. You have to go get on. The, you have to get in the limo. And he goes, "Now you tell Johnny if he, if he wants to have us on, he should come back next time." And so they convey this to Carson, and there's this contentious uh, back and forth about whether they're going to show up or not. And Johnny's got a show he has to cancel to show up, but he doesn't want to lose the Beatles. And he ends up saying, "Okay, I will come back, but they have to do the entire show and they have to sing a song." And so John and Paul go, hey, screw it. Uh, We've got a number one record in Hello Goodbye. What if we try to do that? And so John and Paul show up and actually appear on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson in the book. That's the break point. And at the end of it, Johnny and uh, Ed McMahon have had such a good time. It's been such a fun hour of television that they go, you know, we always go out and get drinks afterwards um, at the 21 Club. You want to come with us? And so John and Paul 
and Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon go out drinking that night. And that becomes the break point. I won't tell you anymore. I won't spoil it, but that's right. how the break point happens. And, and it's really, you know, I, I'm, I'll only tell you what other people say. You can go look on Amazon. You got a lot of good reviews about this. People think it's charming. They just yeah. think it makes you like John and Paul and it makes you, and, and you don't feel like they papered over all their differences. They do not. And in fact, there's a lot of starts and stops and, and unruly behavior between these two men, but that they, but it does put them on a slightly different path. And that arrow just going slightly differently uh, starting in 1968 leads to, for example, them appearing at Woodstock. The Beatles were invited to Woodstock. They didn't go. But in my book, they do go. That kind of thing. What Make a world awesome it would have movie. been. Just one event. This is so interesting. With anyone's life, there may be yeah. a singular point. As you yes. say, the break point where you can go one way or the other way. Yep. And maybe you That's have no idea. You just go with your gut. And it yes. takes you to the right path or the wrong path or somewhere in the middle. Hey, listen, we're almost about out of time here. What are your yeah. plans for the near future? Well, I'm just trying to keep uh, active and keep some things happening. I'm interested in the UFO issue. Uh, I'm working on a new book on that where I want to talk about what I think is going to happen, some of the themes that we've talked about. And I'm also interested in launching captured of course uh i have a couple of other television projects that are moving forward that i can't really talk about right now but the one thing i want to tell your uh, listeners to pay attention for is a film project called the last battle it is about the last battle of world war ii in europe it's a true story it was a new york times bestseller that uh, my wife and i optioned and uh, i've written the screenplay and uh, they are expecting to shoot it late summer early fall in Europe, and it should be out in theaters in 2021. Very good. Tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Oh, listen, I hope people will check out the Beatles site, whatifbeatles.com, which will tell them how to read Once There Was a Way, What If the Beatles Stayed Together. I have a Twitter presence on the UFO topic, and it's under at Hollywood UFOs, and the name of the Twitter feed is life after disclosure and i hope people will come and follow that and and interact and be part of a conversation because i really feel at this point in our history we have got to start talking not just to ourselves about it but to our friends and neighbors hey thank you bryce you can find us on twitter by the way if you look for the powercast on facebook a couple of Paracast community fan clubs, whatever the heck they are. We have the official Paracast shop, the Paracast.shop, where we have branded merchandise, T-shirts, throw pillows, four different logos to pick from. The Paracast.shop. We have the Paracast Plus, where you never know what's going to happen next on our special show called After the Paracast, where last week we featured a further interview with Nick Redfern. And one more thing, Bryce Sable will return on After the Paracast for more conversation this weekend. You only get it if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. You get this show free of the network ads, higher bit rate, better quality audio. For more info, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Bryce Abel, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. It's been my pleasure. See you around.
copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 